0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Eddie McDuke. I'm joined as always by John Sheeran, and we have Luke the Truth Null back on the show. Luke, you are officially the most appeared guest on our show. Thank God! Yeah, and and Luke adds so much. He is, if you don't know, he has a very impressive resume in comedy, but he's also a a very hardcore Bengals fan. And like we said, the one of the biggest celebrity names to be a Bengals fan. Luke, tell us uh, what's going on. That's pretty
1: sad. If I'm but, one of the biggest celebrity names, being that I'm not at all a celebrity in any way, shape, or form, the fact that I'm one of the biggest ones means that's very Bengals. I, yeah, but you I, you,
2: I, you go to those weekly meetings with Clooney and Harrelson, you know, you
0: just chop it up with the boys, you know, it's nice, yeah. it's, it's good company. Look, if love it makes,
1: hanging with the boys.
0: If it makes you feel better, I too am one of the biggest celebrity names to be a Bengals that's fan. True. So, so it's not a bad club to be in. Yeah, no, it's good. Luke, so you are doing some comedy tours. You, are, you have a, a, some new material that everybody is going to want to hear. You talk about a lot of, I, I want to say, deep topics, kind of mm-hmm. it's philosophy-related comedy.
1: Really highbrow stuff. Uh, check all, uh, you know, go to good old-fashioned luknull.com.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. So today I want to talk about T. Higgins working out with Jalen Ramsey. What does that mean? We all know that Jalen Ramsey first became relevant when he got thrown around by A.J. Green. Now he's, he's considered one of the best corners in the league. And T. Higgins, we have so many headlines about, it, about him these days. He's losing weight. He's getting faster. He's getting a stronger. And now he wants to work out with the best, with Jalen Ramsey. John, does this mean anything?
2: I think he's gaining weight, actually. He's gaining weight, but also getting faster, which is a little bit counterintuitive. But, yeah, Jalen Ramsey There's no one better to practice against in terms of just beating one-on-one coverage. He's incredibly physical. He's impossible to get off the line with, and I think that's an area where T needs improvement on, just getting off the line and getting a release. Jalen Ramsey is the best press cover corner. He's probably the best all-around cornerback in the game. And, yeah, there's no one really better to learn from if you're a second-year receiver still growing into your body, still learning who you are as a football player. So, yeah, if it's if it's just T working with him, that's great. But if it's other receivers, you know, he can kind of chop it up with them, learn from them. But I think it's it's an overall net positive if he wants to get better.
1: For sure. And T is T's a muscle man now from all the reports. It sounds like T's a full on muscle man beefcake. And so just working out with Jalen Ramsey and getting practice like, Hopefully, doing really personal smack talk and and ending up whooping his ass just on a practice field. It's probably good practice to do. You you want to do that not during game time. Let's get all of the helmet ripping and punching. Someone's in the helmet during practice and stuff. So it's just good that he's you know taking the time to, to do these off season workouts.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I don't uh, really know what that what it what it means personally, but uh, I I do like that Higgins is so aggressive in terms of improving himself. And I wonder, John, I wonder if that has to do with Jamar Chase. Is T. Higgins worried about being relegated to, you know, second-tier status in Joe Burrow's heart?
2: But, th- but that's what he was last year, right? Like, yeah. AJ Green was number one receiver. T. Higgins was number two. And that benefited Higgins because he always got the number two cornerback. He didn't really face a lot of double teams. or bracketed coverages. And now that Chase is here, he basically takes AJ Green's place. Higgins's role is basically staying the same, but he has that year with Burrow and that chemistry is already established. He can kind of just grow on that. So I'm, I'm not sure if it's necessarily a fear in Higgins' mind. I think he knows that he's still going to be heavily involved. He's not going to see less targets. He's only going to see more because he's going to play more. But yeah, it's just, if you have this level of talent, all throughout the receiver room, everyone needs to stay on top of uh, on top of their game, on top of their progress to make sure that they're not getting left behind and they're not falling out of favor. But I, I guess that is the fear, but I don't think it's necessarily him saying oh, I'm going to see less targets because Jamar Chase is here. He's only going to see more because he he only started like I think ten or so games last year. He didn't become a starter right. until later in the season. He's only going to get more shares.
0: That's yep, a good he's point. More looks. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of looks. You know, one guy though that you look at as being the most established receiver on the team who we seem to, most people seem to have decided he is number three is Tyler Boyd. I mean, John, this guy, look, I read a stat recently. He has 51 catches of 15 or more yards from the slot. And that is the most in the entire NFL over the last three years. That is crazy, John. This guy might be the best slot receiver in the NFL. And he's like an afterthought now.
2: Mm. I think he does have. Don't the sleep idea. on TB. He does have the argument of being the best slot receiver, but like you mentioned, like he's number three. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's accurate. Like we we can look at Luke's jersey, right? John Ross, when he was coming into in, with the Bengals, there was like a clear hierarchy of AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. You know, it was never thought that Ross could elevate beyond like a number three or number two status. I think the three receivers that the Bengals have right now, Chase higgins and boyd it's like 1a 1b 1c like at, at yeah. any point during the game or just any game in any week you could turn to one of those guys as the lead option in your passing game and be completely fine with it because you have all three of those guys their presence accounts for what the defense has to do and all three of those guys could have a hundred yard game just like that i think they're all talented enough to do that in carrying offense based off what the defense is giving to you in that current week so like yes tyler boyd's technically i guess the number three because he's just a slot guy and you may not see that many downfield targets but I think it's really just they're all number ones in their own kind of way. What there was that,
1: there was that highlight from last year. Uh, one of the best, I forget what game it was from where Joe Burrow was just like surprise, surprise under a ton of pressure and had to get the ball out before he wanted to, before uh, Tyler Boyd was out of his break. And he just like chucked it at where Tyler Boyd is going to be. And Tyler like turned around and the ball was already in his hands. Like he, he it was totally blind. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think of what game it was, but I just remember being like, oh, Tyler Boyd is awesome. He's so good.
0: That's what I wanted to talk about is I said this before the season. I knew it was coming. A guy with the football smarts of Tyler Boyd working with the guy with the football smarts of Joe Burrow is just it's just perfect. And so I see Tyler Boyd as that warm blanket blanket that Joe Burrow can rely on. When he really needs those yards. And I know he loves Jamar Chase. He's the big play guy. But I see Boyd, he's kind of like Burroughs John Sheeran, the guy you go to when you run out of things to do. You know, when you're just mm-hmm. when you're just in the, in a tough position, you're like, hey, take this, go. And I think that I think Boyd is that guy. I, and, and it's it's not just because he's the veteran, it's because of his, like I said, his ability to understand the game and to put himself in tough positions. And his his toughness. Not like the other guys are not tough, but Boyd is exceptionally tough. John, remember remember when his leg yeah. broke in half and he picked up the other half? It was the end of the game. I think it was like that year when they went to overtime against Miami. Remember he like he mm-hmm. he 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 dragged himself up to the line because the 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 yeah. uh, the time clock the clock was running out. John, you remember that?
1: Yeah, I think I, I, think, I think I remember this like, like, now. He had like oh. a hammy or something.
0: Yeah. It,
2: wasn't, it wasn't as visceral as you're making it out to be, but I think you do remember yeah. this now.
1: Yeah, but he's not. No, tough. no, no. Daddy, I was right. He broke yeah. his leg off. And he, yeah, and he, he put it back it together. On.
0: He put it back together and got back to the line. That is what I mean. That is, he's. I hate to say it, John, but he, he's Pittsburgh, right? He's a Pittsburgh guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to grow up in Pittsburgh and deal with that amount of jerkery and, and meanness, you have to be tough. You have to have thick skin. You know?
2: I don't think he's missed a game like in yeah. his career. I if he has, think. he's missed less than five. Yeah. So
0: yeah, that's what I was saying. All right. So look, guys, let us so we've talked about the receivers. John says one A, one B, one C. We know it's going yeah. to be some guys have more targets, but but what he's saying is that everybody's going to be an option. It's like Joe, especially someone Joe Burrow, who reads the field so much so well, he's going to go with the guy who deserves the catch, right? He's not gonna have favorites, John. Every yeah, play he's has a like,
2: defense exactly like, like, the, there's where players are going to align for the most part, right? You have Jamar Chase on the line of scrimmage as your ex, you have Teagans on the opposite side of the formation, you have Boyd in the slot. You can move those guys around a, a lot. You can put Chase in the slot, you can put Boyd outside for some times. There's going to be places where they primarily align, but based off of what the down distance is, what the situation of the game is, there are going to be times where every one of those receivers is going to be the primary target for a certain play. And I was, right. I was on a podcast and I was on a fantasy podcast a couple of weeks ago. And they're talking about how do you project this offense in terms of who gets the most targets and who gets the most catches. It's very feasible that all three of these guys can end up with 60 catches in this season, which is not common for an NFL team to have three receivers end up with yeah. that many receptions. But that is basically how this offense is going to be run how it's going to be structured. All these guys are going to get very even production. There'll be some games where some guys pops off, but over the course of a seventeen-game season, it'll be very even. I, I would say, yeah,
1: I think so too. And which means don't take our boys in fantasy. Probably it's probably not a great choice for for early round to get our guy. I hope they put up big numbers. I I do think they will. But it, exactly what you're saying is going to be like why you don't want any of those guys to be like your number one option because who knows? Maybe it's, well, it's not a to
2: benefit you know, Burrow. You know, maybe, yeah. you know like, yeah. like yeah. It's oh, gonna it's going to be Yeah.
0: <laughs> No, I mean, look sure. at Burrow's sure. last year and you look at Justin Jefferson and you look at Jamar Chase and you look at all the guys who had great fantasy years, even Thaddeus Moss. I mean, you, you know, I mean, with a guy like Burrow putting up video game stats, they could be very relevant in fantasy. But So we talked about those. Those, those three are great. Okay, A guy that a lot of Bengals fans love is Auden Tate but yeah. he doesn't have that explosiveness the acceleration that you know maybe some of the other guys do who's the number four and and how big is his role with those three in the in on the, roster? Tate, well, the whole thing tate. About tate,
2: yeah exactly like tate when you know in the past couple of years there's people propping him up as a starter as a guy who can handle a lot of targets and like I'm not really sure about that because like you say, he doesn't have the athleticism to really threaten some some of these cornerbacks. Now is a number four, right? It's, it's like yeah. Darius Phillips on, on at cornerback. Like that's exactly what he should be. He should come on the field every once in a while, give you an added dimension because he's big and strong and has a, and can catch the ball really high in the air. Like that's fine. He's a very niche player. He can't handle the, the amount of targets that the other three are going to get. But as a number four receiver, I think Luke can agree on tape is as good as you're going to get.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. For a number four receiver to have a guy with like a huge catch radius, he basically has the body type of a tight end who hasn't put on any weight. He's like one of the slowest wide receivers in the NFL, but dude, dude has vacuum hands. And from a number four wide receiver, who's only going to see a couple targets, mostly in the red zone and mostly, you know what I mean? Like as an outlet on third down, you know, absolutely he's great he's he's the number four i think yeah. i don't know do you go like mike thomas who's the, who are the other options
2: like i don't know who but well,
0: i mean but you don't yeah you know, we could talk tight ends, because i mean yeah i mean i don't know john what is what is going on at tight end
2: i think it's just his own Sample, man like and then moss maybe yeah. makes the team yeah really it also just that.
1: seems like zach taylor's offense he he's not the the tight end is he's not using it as like a, a much of a receiving option. It seems like a lot of that's why they like Drew Sample so much is they're like let's we need help blocking. But you, you know what I mean?
0: Uzama was looking good. I mean, I know it's an extreme tear, right, John? I mean, so that is tough, but he'll be back. He'll be back, and yeah. and yeah. And, yeah. And he's a very and he's
1: he's a he's an interview champ too. Yeah, he seems exactly. like the nicest, best dude. I love exactly. listening to his interviews. Very charismatic.
0: Yeah, I just yeah. With Sample, obviously, hasn't panned out the way we thought he would, but he seems to be growing.
2: I it's, he's hard, it's out hard exactly for the ends. way I thought he would. <laughs> it yeah. it is hard for tight ends to really break in early. Like if, if he's going yeah. to do it, it's going to be this year. But again, like if he's still behind Uzoma the depth chart and not getting as many targets, it's going to be hard for him to reach the status that you want of a second round pick. So it's kind of in a tough spot.
0: Yeah. All right. So guys, I want to,
2: yeah, go ahead. Duke.
1: I don't, I don't crap on him at all. I feel like he gets, it's, it's not his fault that we reached to get him. He's still, you know, the story hasn't been written. He can, he still can absolutely contribute and be a good piece for them, you know, but second round pick. Yeah. He's always going to carry that. Like we probably could have got you
0: two rounds later you know yeah yeah that's true but you know but I, we, you really don't know i mean i've seen like a peyton manning turn almost every tight end he's played with into a superstar remember the guy uh julius on the broncos
2: julius thomas yeah dallas Clark yeah. before him
0: i'm not saying he wasn't good i'm not saying he wasn't good but didn't he sign with the jaguars for like $10 million a year or something later and didn't do
1: – I'm just saying it's like – did nothing, yeah. I remember when Reggie have, Nelson ripped the ball out of his hands. I like week, – Week 16, 2014, send us to the playoffs, baby. Yeah. I was at that game.
0: Yeah, and I like Burrow, his intangibles, much more than Manning. But he reminds me of Manning in a way, which is that he just kind of – is just like because of his ability to process – you know, he just spreads it all over the field. So he can make average guys put up big stats. But I want to switch gears real quick and talk about a very important topic, which is that Quinton Spain does not feel rated appropriately. He thinks he's underrated. And let me explain what happened. So July 6th at 3 or 4 p.m., a tweet comes out saying who is the most underrated player in the NFL with a emoji of a monocle and popcorn. That implies that m- a monocle obviously is research and the popcorn is the nutrition you will need to do long research. So this is something that they expected you to ponder and evaluate. Eight minutes later at 3.08 p.m., Quinton Spain comes out and he says, it's it's me, basically. So
1: hey. the fact hey, that- Hey, his argument, his argument is that he is the most underrated. And that what that means is he no one has him rated literally at all whatsoever. Uh, and because of that, he felt feels like he's like a D or a D minus type guy. And it's like the fact that he's has an incomplete grade that is messed up. You know what I mean? He should be rated as as like a, a fringe dude. But, I mean, I understand you got to be confident in, in your stuff and be like, I'm the, but it's like, come on, bud. Well no. But well, no.
0: well, John, but no. I mean look, the guy had, you know, a bunch of good years early on. I think 2017 is one of the better guards. So maybe, yeah, he's maybe good. he was good. He was yeah. good. A, yeah, good mid-season pickup, you know. Yeah. So I mean, maybe this means that he he has the drive to to really, you know, take hold of that Left guard position.
2: I think Daddy is very underrated as an as an emoji detective because that was great work right there. Quinn Spain was actually really underrated when he first came into the league in Tennessee. I think he was like a 3 year 4 year starter with them. He signed a contract with Buffalo because as like a 25 26 year old starter, he just came out of nowhere as an undrafted guy and he was really good with what Tennessee was doing on offense. And then for whatever reason just all fell apart in Buffalo. I have no idea yeah, he why he,
1: he didn't just, play for them. Like he like it seemed like they didn't start him like they yeah, they like he, him he got didn't benched him.
2: after like week 3 of last season. He looks god awful. I, I don't know really what happened with him but he was still a name. He still had past production and since then he just needed any and all bodies. And then he played not so well last year, but I think you can chalk that all that up to bad, just bad coaching with our previous offensive line coach. Now he's in what year six or seven of his career. He's back to his natural position. I think this is a chance for him to prove his worth. He's on a one year prove a deal for like making like a million dollars this year. There's a chance for him to get back to that status where he was a few years ago, but He's gonna need to play like that again because he hasn't played like that in a couple years.
1: Somebody's got to step up. I mean, it's someone's job to win. I'm, I, you know, God Almighty. I hope it's someone competent. I hope one of the guys steps up at, at left guard and actually plays well because we don't want to see old Joey die. We don't want to see him die for our sins again.
0: No, we don't. But what we do mm-hmm. want to see is you to get out there and and fly out there to San Francisco and support Luke. He needs it. He needs your love. Yes, yes, you guys. And-
1: Purchase a ticket tonight to fly to San Francisco to yeah. attend my live comedy show. Baby. It's gonna be it's, worth it. it
0: will be worth it's great it. this it's time of be, year. Watch
1: me work stuff
0: out. It's going to be almost as good as this show. Which, by the way, you can you can listen to in podcast form on what is it? iPods and a streamer and iTunes. all of those. All of those things. And then you can leave a file. Only on
1: iPods, five. actually.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So so Luke is the expert. He's the Hollywood. He's the Hollywood brains. Yeah. And uh, leave five a five star review. And that is it. So we'll see you next time for John and Lucnon. So long, Svidi. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe.